Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, freaks and geeks of all ages, welcome one and welcome all to this week's Planet Grindhouse, brought to you by Horror Obsessive Radio and HorrorObsessive.com, where other podcasts look at the A-list movies, the creme de la creme of cinema, Planet Grindhouse focuses on the other letters of the alphabet from B all the way through to Z. Here at Planet Grindhouse, we revel in the sometimes brilliant but mostly awful films that have been committed to celluloid. Driving movies that you'd walk out of, horror movies that are as horrifying as a basket full of kittens, and sci-fi movies where the sets wobble and they leave the strings in shot. This is our domain. I am your host, Neil Gray, and each week I'll be bringing you my thoughts on the world of trash cinema, from comparing films to best-off lists from essential viewings to history lessons. Planet Grindhouse promises to bring you the best of the worst that's ever graced the silver screen. This week, monsters. Monsters, they are the heart and soul of every single horror film. Whether they're created in a lab, or a haunted house possessed by demons, or a deranged scarred maniac stalking your dreams, without monsters at the forefront, horror movies would just be about a group of people doing everyday things with no imminent threat to their welfare. And we couldn't have that now, could we? So in the celebrational style of ghouls and beasts and things that go bump in the night, I've decided to compile a list or three, depending on how well this one goes, celebrating what I consider to be the top 10 iconic monsters from a specific period of time. Now, remember, this is my own opinion, and even though I doubt everyone listening to this will agree with me, I'm not trying to put any cats among any proverbial pigeons with my choices. Yet, having spent the best part of half a century, or at least from an age where I knew what a scary-ass monster was, hiding behind sofas and pillows, drinking in the late-night madness glaring out at me from my TV screen, I think I have enough knowledge to at least offer up who I consider to be the top 10 iconic monsters. Today, from 1920 to 1950. So let's step through the door, into the fog, and try to not get eaten along the way. The Wolfman. For anyone who's been unfortunate enough to have only ever watched the 2010 version of this character, you may find yourself wondering why the Wolfman deserves to be anywhere near this list. But there was a time when the Wolfman was considered a cornerstone of horror movie legend and one of the most terrifying creatures to ever grace a silver screen. That time was 1941, and even though Universal's film was a bog-standard werewolf tale, a man gets attacked by a beastie with sharp pointy teeth and at the next full moon goes all feral and bitey himself before he's finally put down, it was the performance of Lon Chaney Jr. as the tragic lead Larry Talbot and the stupendous makeup of Jack P. Pierce that means this dog will never get taken out behind the woodshed. Mr. Hyde Robert Louis Stevenson's 1886 novella, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, has had a pretty fair representation on film over the years. But it's one that nearly every horror fan remembers, and with good reason. In the 1931 Paramount picture, it might not have aged well in some eyes, but there is no doubt that Jekyll's transformation into the monster Hyde, both 
played to perfection by the brilliant Frederick Marsh, still stands the test of time. The use of coloured makeup and filters slowly reveals a good doctor becoming his evil half. And when we finally get our first look at Hyde, designed by Wally Westmore, even today it's pretty damn breathtaking. And just think, when MGM brought the rights to the property, they demanded that every copy of the 1931 version be destroyed so they could rewrite history with Spencer Tracy. Thank the gods a few of them survived, eh? The Mummy. Before we go any further, can we all agree that Brendan Fraser's franchise was the last time that Universal tried anything with that wrinkled old corpse of the mummy? You know, maybe that way we can ignore the utter abortion that was Tom Cruise destroying any chance of a monster verse before it got off the slab. Ever since Boris Karloff's shaft fooled out of his sarcophagus back in 1932, I've always had a soft spot for this character. He shouldn't really be scary. After all, the dude has the top speed of a glacial drift, so as long as you can walk at least somewhat quickly, you should be all right. But there's something so intimidating in the way that Karloff played the character that this undead nightmare has been around for 90-plus years now. But it wasn't just Big Boris that would do the mummy justice, as the Hammer Horror version with Christopher Lee and the bloody bandages is still as fantastic today as it was in 1959, even if Lee hated the role with a passion due to the costume he was forced to wear. King Kong. Fay Ray screaming and fainting all over the place. Dinosaur fights and a giant bloody monkey climbing up the side of the Empire State Building. King Kong is the definition of a classic monster movie. I can't even begin to imagine what it must have been like to see the giant ape brought to life on the big screen in 1933. But considering that nobody had ever done anything like it before, it must have been pretty brown trouser inducing. In fact... So good was Willis H. O'Brien's work on the film that it inspired a young Ray Harryhausen to take up the art of model making and stop motion animation as a career. And even though it does at times look a bit jerky by today's standard, I take this version over everyone's of everyone's favourite gorilla, should I say, over whatever that shite was Peter Jackson forced upon the world in 2005. The Somnambulist. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is one of my favourite horror movies of all time. Everything about it is perfect and designed so that it overwhelms the senses each and every time you watch it. The sets are done in such a way as to give you the feeling of being trapped while in an open space. The makeup and shadowing on the cast and the scenery are all hand-painted, and the performances are the most exquisite blend of chilling and downright horrifying. And taking pride of place in the centre of all this is the Somnambulist. Played by Conrad Veidt, the somnambulist, a man called Cesar, is supposed to be in a state of perpetual sleep. What he really is, is the prototype for every zombie movie ever made, even if he has more flesh on him. He moves slowly, almost shambling from crime to crime, and even if he doesn't have a taste for brains, just his presence is enough to strike fear deep inside you. Gwynplaine. More Conrad Veidt goodness now. And a movie that might cause some consternation among you classic horror movie fans out there. Is The Man Who Laughs a true horror movie? Or is it a romantic drama? For me, it's the former. As straight from the outset, we're informed that Gwynplaine has had a grin permanently carved into his face by King James II after his father, Lord Clan Charlie, returned from exile without permission. And taking into consideration here that Gwynplaine is just a small boy, that's pretty damn horrific. 
But if that's not enough for you, just look at him. His face being permanently frozen into a hideous grin, the wild staring eyes and the holy crap what the hell is that reaction is appearance is steals in everyone he meets. Gwynplaine himself might not be your traditional monster, but he has those tendencies within him. Well, any character that became the main influence of the greatest comic book villain of all time in The Joker can't truly be pure at heart, no matter what the man who laughs tries to claim. The Phantom. It was only a matter of time before Lon Chaney Sr. appeared on this list, and boy, oh boy, what an appearance it is. Even to this day, the first reveal of the Phantom creeps me the hell out. Chaney's makeup work is superb, as you would expect from someone called the Man of a Thousand Faces. But it wouldn't have been worth the grease paint it was applied with if he didn't have the acting chops to back it up. Fortunately, he did. What makes his performance in The Phantom of the Opera even more surprising was that he, the cast and the crew utterly, utterly despised the director, Rupert Julian, to the point that Chaney stopped talking to him. This led the director of photography, Charles Van Enger, to act as a go-between. And whenever he told Chaney what Julian expected of the actor, Chaney would reply, tell him to go to hell before doing what he wanted instead. The Invisible Man. I was contemplating whether or not I should include Claude Rains in this list. As for a big enough chunk of the 1933 movie, The Invisible Man, he's, well, invisible. But then my head kicked into gear and informed me that, yes, yes, you should include him. Stop being a bloody idiot. Just because you can't see a monster doesn't mean it's not there. And even though Dr. Jack Griffin starts out with good intentions, as he spends more and more time as his invisible self, he slowly but surely succumbs to madness. Madness, and which brings out the monster within. Reigns is fantastic in a role where he spends about half of his time swaddled in bandages and the other half off screen. And his maniacal laugh is still the standard bearer for every crazy person in every horror movie since. His final death scene is one of the greatest ever committed to celluloid as well, with his passing finally allowing him to return to a whole human again. And the genius of Reigns is seen in the fact that he had to act and get across what he was trying to emote while not being present. Now, you can't tell me that's not truly amazing. The Monster. Though the universal version of Mary Shelley's iconic book takes a few liberties with the plot, this version of Frankenstein's monster is the one that will carry on through the annals of time until the planet goes poof when the sun burns out. And it's not hard to see why. The combination of Boris Karloff's breakout performance, turning him into an overnight sensation at the age of 44, who'd been in and around Hollywood since 1919, with him managing to give remarkable depth to the tortured creature, and Jack P. Pierce once again nailing the makeup, has helped the monster still remain relevant today. And if you don't have at least one poster or a t-shirt with its face looming out at you, then can you really call yourself a horror fan? Dracula. Bela Lugosi never managed to shake the count and spent the rest of his career typecast as a villain, and even though it was a tragedy for someone who considered himself a serious actor, for fans of the macabre it's not difficult to see why. Dracula is the ultimate monster. A blood-sucking vampire, the personification of evil, who was only one thing on his mind, to turn the world into the land of the dead. Lugosi nails his performance so perfectly. 
that if horror movies were an Olympic event, he'd have scored tens across the board. No matter how many times they try to change the formula, no matter how many times they turn vampires into sparkly idiots and fops in frilly shirts, no matter how much scenery Gary Oldman and the like chew their way through, like Carlos Monsters before him, Dracula will always be associated with one man, and that man is Bella Lugosi. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Planet Grindhouse, and I'll be back next week with a brand new show. If you can't wait that long to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter at Nil Talks Horror, Plan Grindhouse, or even at Hobbs Radio, and on Facebook at Hobbs Radio as well. Don't forget to check out the Horror Obsessive website for all the best horror news, reviews, and opinions you'll ever need. And until next week, my creatures of the night, remember horror isn't just a genre, it's a culture. Horror, 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 horror,